Welcome to Soul Awareness with Constance Mesmer. Thank you so much for tuning in. In this segment, I am going to share with you a manifesting story of such profound level for me personally that I (laughs) opened the gift from God and then gave it back. And God's been holding on to it for a while. And he's, God is waiting to give it right back to me and say, here, I know you want this. Um, you're going to get it. <laughs> All right. I hope you enjoy and garner a lot from our time together. So I think it was back in 1994, 95, I started reading tarot cards, like <laughs> for friends or whatever. I think that's when it was. And in 96, I took my first Reiki class. And I think I told you that once I consecrated my life to God, like if you want me to do this psychic stuff, I need to be, you know, I can't just sit in front of people and start reading them. (laughs) Although I could have, I just wanted something, other tools to kind of support it and also make it so that it didn't seem so scary that it was approachable. Listen, this was well before this hit more mainstream, right? So I was um, led by spirits promptings uh, to the take these classes, Reiki classes, and then Bowen muscle release therapy, because I wanted something more hands-on than just the energy work, which was great. So by the year 2000, I had been teaching classes and working with spirit diligently. And my own meditation practice was daily so that I could sit with spirit. Samuel was my guide. I think I've told you that. And um, I'm going to give all credit to you, Samuel. <laughs> you helped me develop all those classes and the outlines and what should be taught and how to do them. And all it was just fabulous, whether they were one-on-one classes or group classes. And I really was going strong and well, and I knew that my work could go global. And I was even teaching some things, and I had students say, oh, have you read the work by Carolyn Miss? Um, This work is just like hers. And I was like, no, I haven't. And you know what I've learned over the years is that a lot of times what I get in my spirit work is stuff that's out in the cosmos already. So I didn't really have to study necessarily what was out there. And I actually didn't want to, cause I didn't want to be kind of, um, you know, waylaid or sidetracked by other people's findings. I really wanted to be a purist in my work <laughs> in that regard. But I remember in 2000 putting up to spirit, like I really want to take my work global. I want to go ahead and take this to another level and not just teach in the small community that I was at because it's a limited clientele, although it does flip the community because it's a resort area. So we get a lot of visitors. So I was able to have clients all around the world because people would come and hear about me and, you know, people from Hollywood and big business and all that stuff. And I won't name drop, although I could, (laughs) I just won't really lovely, lovely souls and people. And it was hilarious because I was the psychic at the party and, you know, God, who I was reading was phenomenal for me, but I never, a lot of times it was, I was grateful not knowing who some of the people were and then finding out later what they did for a living or, you know, who I was getting in touch with on the other side for them. I was like, wow, okay, (laughs) that's who this is. Anyway, that's vague enough, right? I'm still being respecting people's privacy. So anyway, by 2000, I really wanted to go 
more worldwide reach. And I put that to spirit in the manifesting desire world, like I do. Like, listen, I'm really ready to go worldwide. And I came across this Bowen conference in Australia that was happening and they were looking for speakers in regards to various aspects of the work. So you have to, um, you know, submit papers to what you want to talk about. And I wanted to talk about what happens when um, there's chronic pain or chronic discomfort that doesn't get healed by Bowen. Because I'm such a Bowen fan and people that do Bowen, B-O-W-E-N therapy, we all know it's phenomenal. And you can have things, really random things heal within one to three sessions. It's really powerful stuff. And um, Tom Bowen said it was channeled. Uh, that's what I've heard. And I think that he it probably was. And I learned from Ozzy Wrench, who was his direct student, Ozzy and Elaine Wrench, uh, who are from Australia. Anyway, the conference was in Australia. I wanted to go. I submitted a paper in the psychic impressions, the energetic component that could be disturbed at the soul level, which causes a, a pain or uh, to to linger and not unlock through Bowen. And that maybe once you look at what's happening on a soul cellular energetic level, the emotional content or the mental content baggage that is still there, once that's kind of witnessed, understood, and it can be released, and then the Bowen can do its magic or its work. Um, it is a remedial therapy. So it's, it's really powerful muscle releasing um, over specific places where muscles cross over in the body. So I submitted my paper, really wanted like a half hour segment or, you know, a long talk segment, 40 minute segment, because I can talk. <laughs> I can talk, I can talk off a meat wagon, as they say. That means I could sell something, but I'm just saying that I could, I could talk a lot. Um, you know this, you've been listening to my podcast. So um, it came back with, yes, we'd love to have your talk, but we only have 10 minutes for you. I was like, what? I was, <laughs> I was so mortified. I was like, what? I have to trim this to 10 minutes. So I prepared it, trimmed it down to 10 minutes, showed up in Australia in 2000. Um, and I went up on the stage and I gave my talk and it was powerful. I went out in the audience and did basically a psychic read on someone that was presenting a pain and I told them what the real source was. And I told them as practitioners how they might tune in even, you know, without psychic training, aka, uh, you know, quote unquote psychic training, how they might tune in in the experiences to help or even bring up the, the thought of that this could be have an emotional content, maybe have a look and see what's going on in that part of your body to their clients for more complete or more effective healing to take place. And when I finished my talk, it was quite well received. I don't remember if I got a standing ovation or not. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice if I did? I'm going to pretend that I remember I did. I don't know if I did or not. Anyway, I got done. I was so out of my body because I had been channeling and it. This was a huge crowd, over 300 people or whatnot, that, um, that I remember going, whoa, Constance Ground. Well, we went right into a break and we went out in the hall for refreshments. And I went out there and my roommate at the time, I had been um, paired with a random roommate because I just wanted to share a room with somebody. And it was this, it is, is this lovely, lovely lady, Nicola. And she kind of came up to my side. Well, I got mobbed by a lot of people during the break because they wanted 
you know, to find out about their clients or their own health issues that wouldn't resolve. And could I give a mini quick read? And I was like, the more they kind of came at me with their energy, you know, very beautifully, the more I was <laughs> leaving my body and I was kind of having a, an out of body experience. I was definitely having one. I could tell I was way up. My mind was out of my body. I, I knew I could actually start randomly channeling in the moment. Anyway, I remember answering a lot of people's questions and I didn't get to the refreshments and um, Nicola kept an eye on me. And I remember there was this beautiful man, um, just a, a beautiful soul, right? Who came up to me. And as he was talking to me, I was barely listening because I was barely in my body. So my ears were barely working. And as I was listening to him, sort of, my right hand just instantaneously went out straight out to his heart. And I put my hand on his heart and I just felt like, I don't, I don't know. It was a mix of just us kind of wrapped in this energy of love moving out to his heart. Now this wasn't me going, I'm going to project love to his heart. It was just a spontaneous thing that occurred. I put my hand out on his heart and he got this dazed look on his face and he backed away and I w looked probably like I was, you know, high as a kite because I was energetically high. And I turned and other people came at me and asked me questions and I was answering and I was, you know, channeling, basically giving information from spirit. They probably thought it was me. What a wise lady, that Constance Mesmer. <laughs> it was not me. I was totally getting fed the info. I was just the, the puppet. Um, and... Nicola, I think at that point, Nicola came up and she started putting her hand and making, you know, she grabbed my arm, one arm, and then she put the other arm up and out, blocking people from coming to me because it was a, you know, it was a mob of people. And she said, um, she needs a break. She needs a break. And she, God bless her, walked me to the bathroom so I could just kind of, you know, hold on to the sinks and ground my energy. Um, we were in a hotel. So we were out kind of in this little hotel lobby space, but not the lobby lobby. So we go into the bathroom. I relieve myself. I kind of just, you know, get a grip, come out to get some water. And the man that I had touched his heart comes up to me through the crowd. And he said, you won't believe what just happened. I have had a spontaneous healing. I had this frozen shoulder for all these years. And he starts flapping his arm up and down. He said, I had frozen shoulder for all these years. You healed it. You healed it. And I was like, that was not me. That was God moving through me. It was wild. And then meanwhile, this woman um, comes up to me and slips a note in my hand and says, thank you. And I have kept the note to this day. It says, Agmin Bodhisattva, incarnated out of compassion to serve in Earth's and humanity's enlightenment and liberation from duality. Anon, darling, don't forget who you are. Though you're here on Earth, you're a star. From the heavens, on a mission to wake mankind up to who they are. Speak your truth now. Most will listen. <laughs> I 
she handed me that. And I was like, I didn't read that until way later in my hotel room. And I was like, oh, God. First of all, I was like, what is she saying? And then I was like, oh, my God, she's a channel. She channeled this. She saw a version of my soul or a perspective that I was not able to see. Now, a bodhisattva is a being that attained enlightenment in an incarnation in a life and didn't have to return to earth, but chose to return to earth to help wake up other people. Now, do I think I'm a bodhisattva? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I would. I wish we were all bodhisattvas. Am I? I don't know. Are you? I don't know. I don't know. So anyway... I find out at the end of the refreshment break that a lot of people have gone up to the hotel and the coordinator of the conference and want to hear more from me. And so would I please be willing to continue my talk? And I said, sure. And they said, you know, I don't know if it was like tonight at seven or whatever. I said, sure. And so they said, come down to the front desk and we'll show you where we can accommodate the space. I was like, great. So we go on with the rest of the conference, the afternoon, um, and then into the evening. And I don't even remember much, of course, I was trying to get in my body, I'm sure. So seven o'clock rolls around and Nicola and I, Nicola, Nicola and I go downstairs and find out that there's no space for me to teach in a room or talk in a room. And so the woman that has set up the space ushers us through the lobby, down the hall and out the doors to this back patio. And there was a crowd of people, a massive crowd of people. And I was like, wow, Nicola, look at all these people. And there were people hanging over the balcony and I was like, wow, what are they all doing here? And she, she looks at me and she goes, Constance, they're here for you. And I was like, no way. I thought there was like something else going on, like a rock star or something. <laughs> you and I both know why I'm giggling. I thought there was something else going on. I was like, oh my God, really? So I was like, wow, thank you all for being here. Now, the problem was, is there was no microphone and I had to compete with the babbling fountain that was making tons of noise. And as I spoke further along, people couldn't hear me. So I was trying to talk loud, but they couldn't hear me. The noise of the fountain, you know, it was night at nighttime. Other people were at the hotel. They were walking around. So what ended up happening is people started drifting away because they couldn't hear me. The people from the balconies retracted into their rooms and everything. And, um, and the conference organizers uh, said, we're so sorry that we couldn't accommodate longer. And I <laughs> kind of said, I told you I needed more than 10 minutes. Cause I did. Cause spirit had been like, you need longer than 10 minutes, but you know, whatever. And so the, conference eventually came to a close. It was really powerful, gorgeous. And I had shared my contact information because I had a website and I had an email for my business. And I got contact later when I was stateside from this 
woman who said she was an event coordinator in Australia and wanted to take me on speaking gigs and create a platform for me. Now, <laughs> this is what I had wanted, right? This was easy breezy manifesting right there. I was approached. I didn't have to go seek this out, nothing. All I had to say was yes. All I had to do was show up and do what I know to do. Let spirit speak through me. And what did I do? Basically, I got scared. I played small. I I didn't take her up on it. I I didn't. And within a few months, I met the man who would be my husband. And within, I think, was it a couple years? If that, or maybe it was only a year or barely that. Basically, I moved to a space that I couldn't practice. I couldn't do a cottage industry. I couldn't run my business out of my home, which is what I usually did back then, which is what I did back then. I ended up closing up my business for a break and I dove into my marriage, into creating a family, into volunteer work. And I did very little spirit work for money. Now I consulted friends. I did some odd consulting for people that had businesses. But I ran from that dream. God. Mm. That is one of the biggest, greatest regrets that I have in my life. Now, opportunity costs, right? Well, I have great kids, three great kids, gave up my life like many parents do that are stay-at-home parent, right? That stop their career, put it on pause to raise a family. I did that. Anyway, now I'm ready to be back. <laughs> They're old enough and doing fine enough and, you know, I want my life back. I'm one of those people. And so I'm grateful that the podcast world can bring my work out at different spaces that I'm not. And I'm grateful that I can consider whether or not I want to do teachings that are downloadable and people can have, or I can consider getting a ghostwriter for books for, you know, that I have in my head about soul awareness and spirit work and the workings of all of this. I just have to decide now, how do I want to manifest this next layer of my life, this next phase of my life, this next level? I do know that I want to continue to speak. And I do know that I want to slip into channeling because it's helpful. And I do know that, um, you know, with every decision, there's 
an opposite path we could have gone down. I know there's, we have options on our soul's journey. We have free will, whether it's in love or work, whether it's in going out on a limb and taking a chance on doing what our soul desires or playing it safe and doing something easy. I just know I don't want to hide out anymore. And I definitely hid out for a while. It's a lot of responsibility, I feel, because I am such a snob with the work. And I, um, I've called back major TV stars to say, or, you know, listen, I need to just correct what I told you there. I think that I misinterpreted what Spirit was saying, and I want to, you know, kind of reiterate what, what, you know, how they were saying it on a different level. You know, I'm not afraid of saying I made a mistake there. I want to rectify what I said. And so I'm not afraid to do that with my life. I'm not saying that that span of time was a mistake. I think it was, there were costs associated with it. Like there are so many people that are farther ahead, you know, working with Hay House or wherever. And um, I think, wow, you know, <sighs> do I want to put in the effort now? I, I think I, I will put forth the effort that I'll need to put in, but I also know I need to manifest some of it because if it's meant to be, then it will happen. And um, I've got a lot of, maybe I have a lot of catching up to do, but maybe there's enough. You know, I do think that when I wasn't working, I was broadcasting. I was broadcasting all I knew out in meditation time, <laughs> you know, to infiltrate people's thoughts and minds for seeking higher consciousness and greater conscious connection and waking up, waking up, waking up on the planet and doing right and living right. And, you know, being in that expansive place of love, kindness, awareness. So I know I haven't stopped working and my work just went to different levels. I was doing a lot of work in the spirit realm which we'll get into at some point too, how you can do that. But I'm excited that you're, you and I have built a bit of a relationship here and I get to tell you some of my stories that are near and dear to my heart on my own, own, own unfolding as I hope to inspire you to listen to your own soul awareness for your own unfolding, for your... Mm, expansion, maybe even to be a bodhisattva, right? If it seems like I'm sad or melancholy at the thought, it's true, I am. You know, sometimes what is asked of me, even though I really want it, I think I want it, and then when it starts coming at me, and then I'm like, oh my God, do I really want it? You know, God does spoil me, and I think that sometimes what's asked of me or what I ask of myself with the bar so high and the sense of responsibility of getting it right and the message right. Um, I, I chicken out, right? <laughs> I chicken out 
And so I'm sad. I, I don't want to be that girl anymore. I want to be bold and brave and, um, you know, step into my power and into the light even more. So I definitely do it in my office and my treatment room and in my reads one-on-one and in my teaching in person. But I just think I'm ready to do, you know, to just get more swaths of people tuned in, you know, I think that's important. And so I'm excited to see where this next layer and level will go, like I said. And I also think it's probably, you know, that's what God does. <laughs> you, you're like, I'm going to go sidetrack for a little while. I'm going to go do this part, you know, instead, of, like I said, I like to do many lives in one lifetime. So I'm going to go over here for a while. I'm going to do the volunteer, the mom thing. And then I'm going to come back around. And then God's like, okay, no problem. And then when you come back around, I'm going to use all those skills that you learned over there. I'm going to line them up here. And also you'll be relatable because you'll have stories now in your repertoire and in your like toolkit to be able to pull from as you navigate this next course that I put you on, that we go walk on together. And so that's what I want to tell you too, is that sometimes when we think we're backpedaling, God uses our, um, our dancing around <laughs> to our advantage. And I trust that. I really, really trust that wholeheartedly. Wow. So I just realized, because <laughs> I looked it up, that a bodhisattva is not someone who is awakened and enlightened and comes back to the planet. There's someone that's on a path towards enlightenment in this lifetime. I think I was a Buddhist in another incarnation because it, I just so resonate with that as a spiritual practice of attaining enlightenment. But I also think I was like every religion on the planet. <laughs> I think I've done all of them in various countless lifetimes. Um, many paths, many names, all one. And so, yeah, I'm sorry for that little hiccup that a bodhisattva is, um, is someone who's working towards attaining enlightenment. So there's that. I can understand that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, for me, her seeing that in me or me trying to attain that, I just, you know, my version of that, of those words is really coming to know source, God, and embodying God in all I do. It doesn't mean that Constance disappears. It just means I'm a better version of me. <laughs> the best possible version, that is. That would be great. Aren't we all trying to be that? I do have to say that when I ask God, you know, what do you want me to tell them, the listeners? God says, let them know how much I love them. I love them. Oh, I'm going to cry. And sometimes when we are in our own way running from our path or running from what we feel we're meant to do or who we're meant to be, I just want you to take the time to stop and listen and feel into your essence and be brave and just realize that all the nuances of your life and all your decision and indecision 
is helping guide you closer to who you are and what you're about in this lifetime. And I really get that there are moments when we pass up chances. There really are missed opportunities. <laughs> I hate to tell you that. I see it in reads all the time when I read people's souls. And I see the sadness and the anguish, and I can relate to it, you know? And maybe you can too. And so that's why you've heard me say, you know, it's about living an intentional life and being present and being mindful and and really paying attention to your heart's desires and knowing what you want and not hiding from yourself because you, <laughs> I'm crying because you are the only you, right? I know that sounds so silly, but you know, God did make you special. It's true. You know, all those things you hear, God did make you special and you have talents and skills and gifts that you're meant to share on a daily basis in small ways and big ways in being there for yourself and in being there for others, but mostly being there for you so that you can understand who you are and what you're about and what makes you happy and what your unique gifts and talents are so that you can share them with the world, really, big or small, micro or macro, local or global, in your home or outside the home. Because sharing them makes you happy and brings you fulfillment. I guess I just want to say that God wants you to know how really special you are and how amazed, amazed by you. I'm crying because I'm seeing through God's eyes. God. And the brightness is so immense. And the love is so powerful. And like, you know, like Jonah in the Bible story, if you're into that. He ran from God. God asked him to do something and Jonah ran. I, I ran. I don't want to run anymore. So if you're not into those stories, it's really the lesson is, is just don't run from you. Don't run from you. Don't run from your knowing. Don't run from the pining of your heart, the desires in your soul. Those will all bring you incredible fulfillment. I'm excited to move on in our journey together. And, um, you know, the, the end of the podcast, if there is one, is really me getting you in touch with and being capable of doing everything I do. <laughs> and maybe along the way I'll learn more tricks too and you'll teach me some. And I'll meet you. Okay, cool. So... Why did I become so vulnerable and share some of these 
segments of my life because I want to inspire you to take a chance on yourself and to notice that when you ask for things, they're going to (laughs) happen. They're going to happen. So make out, you know, make, make out a list and make sure you really want what it is you're asking for. And, um, and you're not breaking promises. You know, you're only directing your life. You're co-directing your life. So we do have free will. So even if you promise something, you know, God's got patience <laughs> on a lot of fronts. So God, I got stories on that, you know. Um, it'll all work out. It'll all work out. So I hope to, um, I don't know. I, I hope that for whatever reason, your soul's listening to this right now and for whatever reason my soul was compelled to share it I hope it helps you on your path Namo Namo N-A-M-O I bow to you Legally Speaking This podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not intended as a substitute for medical diagnosis, treatment, or the advice of a physician, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat a health problem or condition. Always check with your doctor. Thank you.